Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Game Week 37 has just finished, uh, only about an hour and a half ago, and I'm recording the top half of the pod. Really looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Jake, how are you, buddy? Well, I'm, I'm doing okay, but it took a minus 80. Did you ever actually hear about that? Yeah, yeah Jake, we've, we've heard about it. You've Talked about it like nonstop on the pockets. Well, you see, I would be number one in the world if I wouldn't have taken that minus eighty. Well, Jake, that's not necessarily true. Yes, it is. No, not necessarily. I mean, it's just hard to judge exactly how that minus eighty went. Well, it's not my fault. Nothing's my fault. I'm so good at this game, I would have won otherwise. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think we need to kind of move on because we have some other things to talk about. Okay, I'm sad and suck at everything. Yeah, well, that's mostly it's mostly true, Jake. So, uh, anyways, if you haven't noticed yet, Jake is, is here in spirit today. Uh, Jake's actually for real in Barcelona, Barcelona, uh, and so I will be potting solo for the second time this year because Jake is worthless and couldn't be bothered to pack all of his podcast equipment and take time out of his vacation uh, to produce a podcast that like eight or nine hundred people listen to. So Jake's life is more important than everybody else's. So I apologize for that. A uh, little bit of a weird schedule for us. I'm actually recording on Monday for the top half of the pod here. And then the second half of the pod, I'll be recording on Wednesday in Miami uh, with a surprise host. I think we'll have a, well, a guest host, a buddy of mine down in Miami. We'll be taking some questions as we normally do for the second half of the pod for game week 38. So with that, let's get into it. Uh, 37's done. It was kind of an interesting game week. I don't know, a, a mix of different scores for folks. Um, but I think it kind of got me thinking a little bit, you know, we've talked about the last couple pods, kind of reflecting on the season and how things have gone in terms of what I wanted out of the season and what I actually got. Um, just thinking back, you know, I'm, I was hoping for around 10K. That was kind of my goal. And I've, I've definitely achieved that at this point. But it's interesting because this has really, almost every year I've ever played, the last, I don't know, four game weeks are like my least favorite time of the year. Uh, you may have noticed that I haven't been very involved in Twitter or on the Slack channel in like the last month. I just get really turned off by the end of the year here. And, and part of the reason for that is because you do at this point, a lot of managers, not all managers, but a lot of managers are very entrenched in like their overall rank. So, you, you know, whether you have a good game week or a bad game week, the people around you all have relatively similar teams, of course, with the exception of a few. Um, and so a lot of managers in these last like three, four, five game weeks kind of sit in a similar spot once you get past that, that chip strategy section of the season. And so it, it is a little bit of like a struggle or like a grind to be super excited about all the game weeks. Um, because like, if you do really well, it seems like most of the people around you are doing well. And if you do really poorly, most of the people around you do really poorly and your overall just kind of sits like in these last few game weeks. But that said, uh, obviously still hoping for some green arrows and, and a couple, you know, decent game weeks to close out the year with that. I've got a, a just a couple little like, well, big picture topic questions that I wanted to start with. And uh, Thomas Bracken brought something up that I thought was interesting. He said, can you discuss form over fixtures? I can. I can tell you all about that because I'm really smart and know everything. Jake, Jake, just can you stay in Barcelona for now? Can you stay there? I'd really appreciate that. Okay, I'll stay there for now. You can come back out during Jake's mistakes. Okay, I think that that's completely fair. Okay. Thomas brought up that um, just this question of like, can you discuss this idea of form versus fixtures? It seems like time and time again, we as FPL managers keep uh, falling for the same trap, picking poor performance teams and players just because they have a good fixture. His example, of course, is this United-Huddersfield match where a number of managers pursued 
uh, United assets. Um, I think kind of common or, or popular assets maybe in the back line would have been Lindelof, Shaw, De Gea, uh, through the midfield Pogba, and maybe somebody like Rashford up top. Uh, I personally fell for that trap. I went with Shaw. Uh, well, I'm going to backtrack my words a little bit there. I don't know that it was necessarily a trap. We do know that United have been playing very poorly, but Huddersfield are a whole nother level of bad. Uh, and you, you know, it's hard to even imagine, uh, United having, uh, trap points against them, which they did. Um, now in terms of, in terms of this idea of form versus fixture, uh, we did a podcast, I think mid-year, where we had like a pretty, strong amount of data about those two topics uh we also had a couple uh friends of the pod that did some research and wrote an article or two i believe they're on our website um divefpl.com uh and and they're i think they're from the end of last year actually the articles but all the same they cover this this exact topic this idea of form versus fixtures and what a lot of the research is kind of showing us is that this whole form fixtures things um it comes down to positions a lot of the times on the pitch. So, for example, uh, defenders and goalkeepers are much more apt to align with uh, the fixtures. Uh, the fixtures are much more important in terms of their returns, whereas your attacking players, the form tends to be a stronger indicator of of their their potential returns. Uh, but we also saw that there's, and, and everyone, of course, knows this, but there's there's a huge difference between home and away, of course, in terms of overall points. Um, there's a number of, of Twitter accounts that post uh, home and away points, total points uh, for teams. Um, and one thing that I, I noticed last week, someone had posted going into uh, Game Week 37, uh, I believe Liverpool is the top home scoring team, City the top away scoring team in total uh, FPL points. But it was very interesting to see the difference in home versus away points for those two teams. I believe City had like two or three, maybe 200, and Liverpool around the same, 150 or 200 points less away from home on the season than they did at home, which is is pretty incredible, right? I mean, these teams are, are, are two of, of the best teams the Premier League has ever seen, just in terms of like overall performance. Uh, I mean, you could argue about the players and things, but in terms of just overall performance and points that they've collected, and yet they still suffer from that that home and away form. Uh, so I do think, especially for attacking players, you know, we need to make sure that that we're considering form when we're picking them. Uh, but it's it's as we've talked before about it's challenging because that form is not just like how many goals have you gotten or how many assists or how many FPL points. We can also look at that form in terms of like. Are they getting into the opponent's box? Are they getting touches in the box and shots in the box? Are they uh, producing a high expected goal involvement uh, per match in a certain given period of time? Uh, if we look at the heat maps, are they in the expected zones that we would we would want our attacking players to be in? And so I think we often simplify the idea of form where we go ahead and say, we say, oh, they banged they've banged two goals in the last three games, he's on form. Well, that's a pretty small sample size when you really think about it. I mean, what I would be more looking for, like as an FPL manager, would be like, okay, so he scored two goals in the last three games, but what has he done in the last five or six games in terms of some of those other statistics? Um, you know, is this player likely to continue uh, trend in the right direction for us? So, uh, I know that doesn't necessarily necessarily answer the question like which one is better because it's it's a blend of the two. If anybody tries to tell you, you know, I've heard people say like form over fixtures always go that way or fixtures over form. I mean, it's kind of, and we're involved in the FPL community and that's where I hear a lot of these things and I get it. It's about hot takes, right? Like everybody just wants to say something that makes it sound like they know what they're actually doing. But the reality of it is most of these discussion topics are far more gray than they are black or white. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of my, just my thoughts on that. Um, wow. I can't believe how articulate I get to be when Jake's not around. It really is nice. I can just talk about whatever I want. Uh, it's so much fun. Anyways, moving forward here. Uh, I was just digging through like some of the Slack stuff from this weekend. I was out and about. I, I wasn't involved in the Slack at all this weekend. I feel kind of bad, but 
uh, I had a bike race this weekend, which was uh, fun. I haven't raced my bike in almost two years. I've been kind of turned off by the, uh, by the competitive side of things, but a buddy of mine got me back out there and, and it was fun. I had a good time. I raced, um, cross country mountain bike race. Um, it was fun. Everybody was trolling me on Twitter though, saying that I crashed and things, which I did. Uh, it turns out that I did crash my bike once or twice. I'm not great at riding bikes, but I'm pretty fit. So that's the trade off. Um, anyways, so I was digging through the Slack and I saw that, uh, Two Point Sex Sounds had started kind of a little thread about like some rules to live by for Game Week 38 at the end of the year. And it's tricky, right? Because like I've already said, a lot of people are very entrenched in their overall ranks. And a lot of us are, you know, I mean, some of us still are, are, are focusing on our mini leagues, but some of us are just fed up with the season. Like it's kind of done now. And there's one game week and you're ready for like a summer holiday. And uh, and so so maybe we're not so into it like we've been all year. And so I think in terms of Game Week 38, it really does come down to uh, what what are your goals for the season? What are you hoping to achieve or accomplish uh, at the end of the year here? Um, some people, and I don't blame them, are just like, I'm going to bottle it. Like, And that's kind of what I tend to do like the last three years. I just bottle it up. Like, I park the bus. I pick high, high percentage on players just like I've been doing all year. I pick the most likely captain. And I just try to get like the most points that I can and bottle my rank. And I'm just going to stay there, especially this year because I'm, I'm doing pretty well and I'm, I have a very good overall rank. I just kind of want to like, I want to have this good season, you know, and like have it in my back pocket and be able to say I've, I've had a good season like this. Now, if you're not in that boat, um, first off, ha ha, I'm better than you. No, I'm just kidding. That was kind of part Jake trying to come out, um, no, if if you're in that if you're in that situation and you're you know you haven't had a great year, some people have been kind of arguing, and I don't blame them for just like have some fun with the end of your season and and uh, you know maybe take a super punt pick and throw the captain band on or whatever. I mean, I, I would I would not say that that's a bad idea. Okay, it's it's maybe not the best for like your chance to improve your overall rank. I don't know, uh, but maybe just like do a fun one and take a punt and see if it works out for you. Um, people that have listened to this pod for a long time know that I would never say that for like any other time of the year. Uh, but this is the last game week. And if your season just hasn't been a good time for you, like then just enjoy it uh, and do something fun with it. But the folks uh, on the Slack, had, were just kind of chatting a little bit about some, some potential game week 38 ideas, like rules to live by at the end of the year. And, uh, and I thought I'd just throw some of them out there. So here's one. It says always, Always pick players playing at home if you can. Uh, they will want to put on a show for the fans at the end of the season. It's kind of an interesting one. I think in general, that's probably a good rule, like pick home players. Uh, Jake and I, um, the, especially, especially the second half of the year here, we did a little eval that we didn't talk about much in the pod, but we kind of looked at, you know, captain returns home and away. And uh, we kind of started both living by the same rule that like we only picked at home captains. And if you look back at my captain selections throughout the year, I mean, I've probably picked eight or nine captains away uh, in good matchups, but um, for the most part, almost all home captains. Uh, and obviously I scored this week putting that TC down on Aguero. Uh, I've never missed my TC before, so perfect. Nailed it again. Uh, another good point, uh, don't pick players with nothing to play for if they are against teams going for something. So his argument was don't bring in, in uh, players that are playing against Pooler City. Um, you know, we talked about this about two pods back about how teams, uh, this whole on the beach idea isn't necessarily like as prevalent as maybe we think it is. Uh, this is a great example, I think, of creating a narrative for something that isn't necessarily there. So it sounds good when we say it. Oh yeah, teams are on the beach because they don't have anything to play for. Uh, but the reality of it is, is pro professional footballers always have something to play for. Um, especially at this level, uh, well, at any level, because um, they're they're naturally incredibly competitive beings. They have to be to to be able to compete at this level. Um, and secondly, a lot of these players um, recognize that they have an opportunity in a very small window to uh, to make a career, um, whether that means a transfer to a bigger club or even promotion from within the club or whatever. So uh, I, I get the idea behind that, right? Not trying to pick 
uh, players that don't have things to play for. It sounds good when you say it. I don't know if it's necessarily true. I, I guess if we had some more research, maybe we could argue that. But most of the research I have seen, uh, and there was another pod, I can't remember who, that talked about it as well. Um, uh, I can't remember who it was. But, uh, but most of the research that I've seen does not necessarily suggest that. Okay, I need a sip of beer. One minute. Sketchbook Brewing out of uh, Evanston, Illinois. A buddy of mine lives down there. I'm drinking a beer called Orange Door. It's a double dry hopped IPA. It's delicious. It's really, really good. Okay. Uh, And the third thing that they talked about was pick players. And I love this one. Pick players who have scary managers like Dyche. Even if they have nothing to play for, they will be too scared not to try. I think that is golden advice. Okay, I've tried to do my recipe. Sean Dice, yeah, here's the boys that are out there playing right now. Going to get us three points. Peter Crouch is the best player in the world. Uh, that's my best Dice I can do. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you pick players like that. Pick uh, pick players. Who else would be good? Emery's good because he's actually a vampire. That's that's troublesome for most of the players. Um, I'm trying to think who else is a scary manager. I don't know. There's there's nobody else that's really scary. Uh, but yeah, definitely go full Burnley, triple Burnley. Uh, I, if you don't have Burnley players in your team, I think a minus, you know, minus 12 maybe is in order. Just get them in. Okay. Cause they'll play harder. Uh, okay. So on the teams, um, two point sex sound says, okay, dive hosts, excluding hits. Marco, have you ever scored less than 20 points in a game week? I saw some super low game week scores floating around. Uh, no, I have not. I did, I did have this season my lowest, um, like game week rank that I've ever had. I think I scored like mid twenties or, or high twenties or something like that. And I think I ranked that game week, um, 5.6 or 5.7 million in the in the world out of the six million players which was pretty impressive uh, but no never less than 20 that that would be good i did see some teams on twitter floating that low so i hope no divers um had had that rough of a game week um going through my team here i'll just pull it up so everything has not completely updated yet because like i said i'm recording pretty quickly after the end of the game week but I'm currently on uh, 43 points, but I have uh, Ryan coming in off the bench with another, another four, so I'll finish on 47. Um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily a terrible game week. Using, um, if I look at like my like live FPL rank, it looks like I'm going to be on a green arrow by a little bit, which I'm really surprised by. But I did play my triple captain. I did put it on Aguero. <laughs> Oh, it was terrible. I thought, um, I thought he was going to bang off that corner where he flicked the ball on and they, they used the goal line technology. Uh, but yeah, it was not to be. Um, and that's okay. I've, I've said this in the past and I'll say it again. The triple captain chip is the most fickle of all of the chips. Uh, it, it holds the most hope. And for a lot of managers, it, it holds the most despair, um, because it's so fickle, right? Obviously, you want to throw it down into double game week. Any any year, you get the chance. You know, with the way the doubles and blanks fell this year, I was looking back at my chip strategy. You know, I think I'm okay with the way I played it. I did fine. I was, you know, sitting around 7,000 or 8,000 going into uh, the, the kind of the blank double madness that, that started, you know, kind of like uh, late 20s there was when we were starting to plan it in terms of game week. Uh, and I'm pretty happy the way I played it. The downer was having that triple captain um, still available. And we discussed on the last pod, you play it this week or do you play it next? Uh, I decided this week, I put it on Aguero. It didn't work out. Uh, that said, I, I had some okay performances on the rest of the pitch. Uh, Laporte with a clean sheet assist on uh, some bonus points. Alexander Arnold with a couple dimers. Uh, Johnny with a clean, who's who's been a really good addition for me. Um, I brought him in... Um, uh, a couple game weeks ago on the wild card and and he's really returned returned well for me with um with returns of let's see here so he had seven this week uh last week two the week before 11 uh and the week before that six um so really has been been very good for me uh anyways so it's looking okay uh you know not necessarily 
a perfect performance from my team, but but good enough to get me through to the last game week. Um, let's look at Jake's team quickly. Um, I got to pull it up quick. Uh, I don't even know actually know how he did. I, I didn't look at his team um, before this. You'd think I would have done that research, but I didn't. Okay, Arson's replacement, Jacob Kloss. Uh, 36 points, so basically worthless. Yes, yep, yep, basically worthless. Uh, he actually started the game week off okay with with Dingy. That's, I know exactly how you say it. Uh, with uh, a 12-pointer. And Virgil van Dijk uh, with a, uh, a nice 8-pointer for him. Um but he also captained Aguero and, like me, had Sun. Uh, and so a pretty quiet week for Jake with 36 points. Uh, we both actually brought uh, the man, the legend, Travis Shaw, onto our team for a monster two points. And I don't know if anyone's seen it yet. It's been floating around on Twitter. The best video, uh, some, somebody recorded Shaw like in a sequence against Huddersfield um, just in full fat ass jog mode the entire time uh it was hilarious like like someone on united loses the ball and shaw's in the attacking third and he just kind of like slow trots back the entire way it's uh it's pretty impressive um so if you haven't seen that video yet um and you want to get a laugh go ahead and do that especially if you're not a united fan if you're a united fan you might want to you might want to avoid um i don't know that jake has any mistakes uh, cause I don't know exactly what he did. Normally Jake's the one that identifies his own mistakes. Um, but I do, we, we did get a Jake's mistake song sent in and, uh, I've, I was going to sing it. I was going to sing it, but I think I'm going to save it for when Jake's back. It is a, uh, it was from Kenny Mc, McDowell, Mr. McDonald, as I call him. Uh, he sent in a very nice rendition uh, of Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again, uh, but with Jake's mis- Jake's Jake in it. Jake is in the song. Now, I was, I was going to sing it. I even had some music queued up here, but I've now decided I think I want Jake here for it. I want him to be part of, of the experience because that's half of the fun of all of it. So I'm going to save it for the end-of-season pod. Uh, to sing to Jake. Um, it's going to be really, really nice. Okay. Um, looking forward here. Let's jump into the leagues. Uh, leagues have not completely updated yet. So I'm just going to give everyone kind of an idea of like what things are looking like. Um, in terms of captaincy selection, we had some some folks that pulled some captaincy stuff. Most people selected Aguero. We had um, like about 45 managers that selected Aguero, um, about 20 that selected Salah, 15 with Sterling, another 15 that went with Hazard. So most folks were disappointed. I mean, Salah did um, did quite well, returned to goal. So um, looking at the league, yeah, it doesn't look like the league board has updated. Oh, maybe it just it might just have updated. Just recently, let me check here. Yeah, it's close. So I will read where everybody's at right now. Um, there hasn't been much movement. Uh, it does look like Matt Frisky, Frisky Matt, the Kyoto kid, is going to walk away with the league here um, because he is now up like 80 points on me. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe he'll take a minus 80. For the sake of the pod, give me a chance, you know, fair playing field going into the last game week. Matt, I'm just saying, okay, we've done a lot for you this year. Now it's time for you to do something for me, okay? You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, you ask me for a favor, all right? That was me being the godfather. Uh, 10th, Nialo Higgins, 9th, Mark Edwards, 8th, John Eric Torsteinson, uh, 7th, Matt Blenner. Uh, sixth, Arnie Marius Haugen. Uh, fifth, Freepay Person. Fourth, Hamish Holmes. Third, Samuel Shapiro. Second is me. And then first, Matt Friskay. Uh, and if we look at the next league, the Travis Shaw, minus 80, PSL, whatever league. Okay, I'm going to pull that up. Travis Shaw, minus 80, PSL, Super League. Uh, we've had some movement there as well. Um, in terms of captaincy selection, again, most people went with Aguero. 
Uh, and then second was Sterling in this league. Um, so 50% of the managers picked Aguero, 23% went with Sterling, uh, and then there was a mix. Um, no more than a f- 5%, 6% was Hazard, and then the rest was all uh, sub-3% with um, Pogba, Jota, Mane, Sala, Jimenez, Sigurdsson, and Lacazette all in the mix. Top 10 coming at you. In 10th, Mohamed uh, Essam. 9th, Matthew Osborne. 8th, Roeth Menon. 7th, Mohamed Nadim. 6th, KG FPL. 5th, Ross Harding. 4th, Kenny McDowell. 3rd, Mohamed Alakani. Uh, I think I'm close with that, with that this time. 2nd, uh, Frank Pibwin. I don't know. It's a tough name. And in first, uh, Janaid Adia, uh, 197th in the world. He said his team name is. Wow. 197 in the world is your team name. Do you think that's what he's shooting for, 197? Or is that what he actually is? What And what is he 197th best at the world in? Should probably be more specific. Maybe put something about FPL in there. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, that's the top half of the pod. Uh, what we'll do here then is I'll be taking in some questions and, and on Wednesday I'll be recording the second half and then we'll splice these two pieces together and we will have a podcast. Jake, do you have anything to add before I kick you out of the podcast? Well, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't think that was the best podcast you've recorded. Yeah, Jake, that's because you weren't here. It's really hard to make fun of how shitty you are at everything, and how worthless you are when you're not sitting right next to me. Honestly, it's a tough thing. Well, it's not my fault that I took a minus 80. Jake, we don't care anymore, okay? Just be done with it. Let it go. The season's over, man. You suck, you're not good at the game, and no one likes you. Okay. Stay tuned for the second half of the pod. Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Mike might be a little bit different here. We are using the computer mic. I didn't pack the microphone here in Miami. I am here in Miami, Florida. I'm with a good buddy of ours who you've probably heard about on the pod. His name's Jim. Different from FPL Jim. Famously known on Twitter as FPL Narwhal. If you don't follow him, you probably should. He says so many useful things. On Twitter. Nope, yeah, you're not going to want to follow me. Uh, I'm, I'm big into trolling, and uh, that's about all I do. So leave me alone. Uh, I'd prefer it, actually, if you ignored me on most cases. Uh, we, um, we've we had a number of drinks, and we're, you know, we, we got to enjoy the, the spectacular Spurs result, which, of course, I'm a, a diehard Spurs fan, no, you're and, not. as you're everyone not. knows. Uh, and we're now actually sitting here uh, having some drinks and watching the Bucks game. Uh, so go Bucks. Um, but we have a number of questions from people that have wrote in, and I thought it would be fun to uh, to just involve Jim here on the second half of the pod. It's actually, Jim, you're the first guest on the pod. How does that feel? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty great. I'm uh, pretty nervous. Um, I got some <laughs> pretty small shoes to fill. I know Jake's really fucking terrible, and that's going to be uh, it's gonna be as, uh, pretty hard to be as bad as him, so I'll, I'll do what I can. But. Yeah, it's, the reality of it is the, um, the bar has not been set high at this point. Yeah, well, that's what Jake does, you know, he... Drives it down as much as possible. He does. Uh, so Jim's a good buddy of ours. Um, Jim, you've been playing FPL for how many years? Like just like seriously playing, you know, kind of taking it uh, a little more seriously. I've been playing seriously for about zero years. <laughs> I'm uh, very relaxed, very casual. Um, I'm an expert at blowing late leads. I usually can beat Marco most of the season and I fall behind, but I'm still pretty much better than Marco at about everything. So. That's that's not true, and and we're not going to let this hard pod to say. I don't know. We're not going to let the pod degrade. It. Okay. Know. Oh, I just spilled Jimmy's uh, changeable. Well, that's that's my wife, account. so it's, okay. it's fine. She'll take it out on me later. Don't that's worry fair. about it. You know, she, <laughs> that's okay. I'll, she'll break out the whip. All right. Um, so this year, Jim, how are you doing? Like, where roughly where are you from an overall rank perspective? I think I'm like 12th in the world, potentially. That's not true. It could be, though. It's hard to say, really. I'm not really sure. You often lie about your actual oh, rank, don't yeah, you? Oh, yeah. I think I'm actually ninth. Yeah. Now you mention it. Yeah. Where are you actually? Uh, hard to say. Who really knows? Now I'm going to have to pull it up. Uh, so Jim currently um, in the world. So so he's in our, our mini leagues. Um, 
I think he has his name is actually the Art of the Dive Pod, um, which is really obnoxious. Uh, his overall rank is at seventy k. So having uh, quite a decent season. Um, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, being in that top hundred k is, is pretty solid, and and Jim's having a nice year. So it'll be interesting to kind of get his two cents on uh, game week thirty eight and, and some of the questions we have here. Jim, we've got maybe let's see here, maybe. Eight or just eight or ten questions for, for game week 38. Some of them are kind of big picture. Some of them are a little bit more specific. So I think we should probably jump right in. First question comes in from our boy, Bobby Love. And he says, coming to the end of my first serious, in quotation, seasons. And, and I think serious should be you know taken with a grain of salt there. Because nothing Bobby has done this year has been that serious. I right? understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at potentially a total score of around 2,200. Uh, what would you preseason have considered a successful score and rank and I'm gonna I'll jump this off for now and then I'll let you give your two cents Jim um it's interesting because each year it's it's very different in terms of of what your your target scores are a lot of managers say 2,000 points um and if I look at my game week history so for 2017 and 18 I finished at 14,000 I scored 2,300 total points exactly uh in 2016-17 uh, I scored uh, 2,200 points, and I finished at 71k. And so it's just it depends on the year, right? Like on exactly where you're gonna you're gonna end up. Uh, in terms of this particular season, um, you know, I would say that if you're at 2,200, you, you had a pretty good year. And I don't know exactly where you are, Bobby. Um, but again, I think that it's hard to use like a score total as a metric for how well you did. Instead, I would kind of be looking at that overall rank. But um, Jim, like, did you have, like, before the season started, do you have a number or do you not really think about that? Or like an overall rank that you're targeting or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I was going for overall number one and I'm, <laughs> I'm almost there. So I'm, I'm still striving. I got one week left to move up about 70,000 ranks. So I'm thinking if I maybe I pull minus 80, I'm able to get there. I'm not really sure. But going back to your question, I don't think you can look as a score as far as like what you should be going for. Because like if it's if the template team is higher or lower one year, like everyone's gonna have that higher or low score. So you really just gotta go off of like your overall rank and like what you can do to kind of differentiate yourself from everyone else and really just do what you can to be better than everyone you know. And I think that's the primary goal of FBL. Yeah, and I and I think I talked about this at the top half of the pod a little bit. You know, I recorded the, the top half um, on Monday, so it slipped my mind a little bit here. But Ew. in terms of like successful score and rank. It, it really does come down to every manager. And um, for some people, they're really just shooting to do well in their mini leagues. Some people have cash mini leagues they're playing in or friend mini leagues that they're playing in. You know, some people have, have been really serious about our league dive or the, the Travis Shaw minus 80 league that we ran at the end of the year here. Um, and so that's what they wanted to do well in. And and so success is, is really individual to each manager. But um, let's roll on to the next question. Stephen Toomey wrote in another regular. I'm happy because we have, Jim, a lot of our regulars on the pod. Bobby, Stephen, Two Point Sex Sound, Sean Number 1, Mark, Kenny McDowell, you know, kind of a lot of the, the uh, classics. Yes, the familiars, of course. Yeah, yes, of course. Yes, uh, yes. Stephen wrote in, he said, uh, wild card, another big qu- big picture question. Here. So wild card and chip strategy failed this year. Uh, do you think there is uh, too much hype built up around such a small run of games? Uh, or this, Or was this year just an off year when it came to big hauls? and big misses in the blanks and doubles. So what Steven's talking about is, I guess you would probably say, right, Jim, like starting in game week, I don't know, like 20, a lot of people started that kind of like end of your chip strategy, like, yeah, 29, you know, and people were maybe planning within a few weeks of that. Like some people maybe started free transfers earlier, depending on what they were doing, right? Um, So for some people, it did kind of fail, right? That like chip strategy. And actually for me last year, it did as well. My chip strategy kind of came off this year because I was sitting like 7, 8K, 7, 8K, like up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, like 5,000 below me. Yep, yep. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you try. And then I hit my bench boost and I nailed my bench boost and my my rank like went really, really low, all like at, at one big drop. And so that's what a lot of people are shooting for with their kind of like wild card and, and chip strategy. Um I mean, did it, how did it, what did you do for chip strategy this year? Like, did you do like, um, did you wildcard early? Did you use the free hit to navigate those blanks? When did you bench boost? Do you remember kind of? Yeah, so I wildcard in 34, I bench boosted in 35, triple captain, and I think it was, what was it, 31 or 32, that double game week? Right. Um, but 
every late season I have tanked, every year I've played. So I usually drop around 50,000 in the last five weeks. It's something I'm really good at. Um, if you want to talk to someone about how not to use your chips, I'm your guy. I can blow a late lead. Margo can speak to that. Um, as I said, always beating Marco late in the season. And then I uh, let him win because I'm a nice guy. And Marco gets really upset because he takes this stuff very seriously. That's obviously. true. So I try to try to help him out here. So I guess the question then becomes this. You, you often follow like a similar chip strategy the last few years to what I've done. And that that chip strategy has been i don't know if i don't want to say that there's one right chip strategy but it's been like the highest odds chip strategy right yeah. like the chip strategy that we think and we talk about it too right yeah. even though we kind of are competing with one another we talk about it and we say like we think this is the best chance of success and we follow that chip strategy and the last couple of years it hasn't necessarily like reaped huge rewards right yeah well it's cuz like the double game weeks players like don't always play both games and that's a big deal and often if they play a more difficult opponent then that's when your player's going to your good player is going to play against them so double game weeks like haven't always returned the best results, and we always play our triple captains or bench boosts on double game weeks. Um, but like this past week, I think Marco, you played your triple captain. Yeah, yeah, I nailed it. I got it right. Too. Yeah, yeah. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, a solid triple triple captain on Aguero, yeah, who reaped. Uh, he did a great job. Yeah, he got me uh, six points total with yeah, the triple captain. So great. I love that. I love I, that. My triple captain Sterling in the double game week, I think he got me six points. Yeah, you also got six, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when you're good, you're good. That's about all I can really say. Yeah, I think just to, like, answer Stephen's question is, it, I think that next year I will really sit down and evaluate, like, you know, wh- how can I maximize my points? I I don't necessarily know that, that going with the blanks and doubles is the right move. Sometimes I, I'm starting to think that maybe... Playing that wild card early, trying to get the best possible team out is a good way to do it. And then it's a bit of a risk, right? But then hoping that like it plays out. So, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it's because you're using all of your chips. Like it's that's when the most points can be gained or lost. So it's true. like a lot of high variable time. So like yes, it is. Um, there's a lot of hype around it, but that's for a good reason because you can have a great season. Like I like I said, I was like ninth in the world. You know, maybe eleventh on a rough day. It's not true. And though. then this, you know, this rough run hits me, and I fall down to seventy thousand. You know, I let Mark take the lead, yada yada. So I think it's the hype is deserved, but you—that's the most important part of the season. Okay. Uh, Two point sex sounds wrote in. Okay, dive hosts. That's you now. You're a dive host now. Oh, one of us. <laughs> now that the league appears to basically be over, uh, what asset should we be targeting? For game week 38. So this is getting now kind of into specific questions. Given that managers like Southampton seem to be properly on the beach, I think we'll kind of combine this, right? So Sean number one, not number two. Sean number one. Okay. 17 points behind in a mini league. A list of differentials you like for the weekend, please. Currently I'm playing Sun in a 3-5-2 with .4 in the bank. Um, Mark also asks, who are the best differentials for the final game week? <clears throat> Excuse me. So going into the last week here, you know, a lot of people are looking for like a, a, a quick hit, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody that they can go with. A lot of people are in that situation that Sean number one is in, maybe anywhere from 10 to, to 30 points behind in a mini league. Um, I'll just start this off and then I don't know if you have any, if you can think about maybe a differential or two that you kind of like, but the, the biggest thing is going to be the captain pick. And so if you're really trying to catch somebody in a mini league or make a quick jump, you have to go with a non-conventional captain. I, I never advocate for a non-conventional captain um, unless it's like the last two game weeks of the season and you're just looking for something fun to catch up on somebody and 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 win the league. Um, and so I would be maybe, you know, looking at, at somebody different. Some things that I've, been, I've, I've seen kind of floating out there, you know, maybe like, um, I don't know, a Wilson could be interesting. I'm just looking kind of at like who's available. Um, you know, maybe a, a Wilson uh, against Crystal Palace. Um, maybe like an Arsenal player. That's a bit of a risk because we don't know exactly who's always going to start there, but maybe an Arsenal player. Obviously, Manchester City players are going to be highly captained. Um, Liverpool players are going to be highly captained like Amane or Salah. Maybe considering like a Spurs asset, you know, maybe you do something like a Lucas Mora. I don't know. Just like something unusual um, to try to make some ground. And, and that's a great way to make gains on uh, a mini league. Jim, do you have any players? I know that's kind of putting you on the spot. We didn't do a ton of research for this. Are there any like players? Never do any research. I'm okay. To this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you want a captain differential, I think you have to go Rondon, right? They're playing Fulham, who like has nothing mm. to play for. They've given up. They have the most goals against. 
Like you could, anyone could afford him in their team. Uh, I think that's probably a pretty safe play. But at the same time, you also be cautious because like a lot of these teams don't have things to play for. So like City does. So like Bernardo Silva is a player that's like. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not like the focal point of their attack, but he does get forward. So uh, yeah, I think. It's it's hard because at this point in the season, like what Arsenal, Tottenham are like the only ones fighting for a spot. Pool and City, uh, that's about it. Yeah, relegations decided. So I don't know. Just it's kind of a shit show at this point. It it is. I think that's an interesting one. So Bernardo, it'd be a way to go City, right? Like yeah. to, to get in that at team, affordable price. right? At an affordable price. And a lot of people have been asking about Sun. Like who do you who do you dump Sun for? And I think the traditional move that a lot of people are looking if they don't have him right now is Pogba. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bernardo's a really good shot. I didn't even like think of that. He looked really lively in the last match too, yeah. like getting in dangerous spots, getting some shots off, getting some crosses in. I yeah, I like that. Wow, this is like a huge upgrade from Jake. Like something worth our time, worth talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry, I gotta fix that. Yeah. Uh, you should probably go with Lacazette. He is, plays for Arsenal, therefore he is the best player in the league. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't won Player of the Year. That also doesn't sound like Jake because Jake is just a standard Arsenal fan who hates. Right. If you if you really love Arsenal, then you God. must hate on them. Right. Yeah, the small shoes to fill, man. Yeah, this is not going the greatest. Um, I think those are some good shouts just to, to consider. Um, let's go to Kenny McDowell. Uh, so he's looking at his Wolves assets and he says, who should you bench or replace from Wolves or keep, if any, for example, him and as replacements. Dump everyone. Just dump. You don't, (laughs) don't start any Wolves assets. That's just a bad move. Like, like we've been over this. They have nothing to play for. Liverpool does. They're going full bore. Uh, I mean, like, I guess like Jimenez, if he's on your bench and you can, I mean, go Rondon. Like that's a better option. It's, there's too many other options to stick with a Wolves asset against a pool team that has something to play for. Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard some folks say, like on Twitter and stuff, like, oh, but actually Wolves do have something to play for. They have something to prove that they're good enough to play with the top teams. Like, that's kind of bullshit, that's isn't bull- it? Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's it's just... Like, yeah, like, what, do you, what do you mean? That, that doesn't, that's not worth any money. No one cares. Like, the players, like, why would they care about that? Right. They're, um, I think most of the Wolves players, although they've had an incredible season... Right, are are ready for that season to kind of be done. Um, uh, you know, of course you want to you want to show well against a team like Liverpool, but, but play, but right, but Liverpool is going to smash them. Yeah. Right, they're going to go out and win. They're going to win the match. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure Wolves have been good all year against top six teams. They'll put up a fight, but I, I I don't think you can make any argument for any defensive player, of course. And to argue for an offensive player against arguably the best defense in uh, in the league, that's yeah. just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. too much of a risk. Like, even if you're confident in Wolves, like, it's not worth the risk. It's, right. There's too many other options to, like, have to throw out a Wolves asset. At okay, so, so you sit him down, um, or you transfer him out, and so you had suggested, him and as a lot of people have on their team, yep. uh, Rondon's an e- easy move, right? Yep. Um, are there, I'm just pulling up the forwards right now, are there any other forwards that you would be interested, kind of in that similar price range? So Jimenez's price right now, just under 70, is at 6.9, and most people probably have him there. Mm-hmm. Rondon's an easy move, he's at 5.9. I still think Wilson uh, could be interesting at 6.8. Um, Thoughts there, on Rashford? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. I mean, it looks like he's fit, right, and like mm-hmm. good to play. Uh, the issue is just he hasn't like returned in forever. His last return was in game week 32, uh, which was just feels like so long ago now, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been rough. but they're playing uh, Cardiff. Yeah, who also has nothing to play for. So it's like Cardiff's trying to sell their players. They're going to play their young kids who have potential, just like Huddersfield's been doing for like two weeks. They're going to be a bunch of kids out there trying to drive up their value. So they'll probably bunker, but Man U's going to score some goals, even despite how shitty their form has been. Yeah, and they're at, they are at home. Yeah, and they've been such shit lately. Like. You got to figure they sorted out for the last home match of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Rashford's like a, that's a good shout too. If you can get there, right? Yeah. He's at seven point three. Um, if you, if you have a little in the bank, he's an interesting little shout to move up there. I mean, he's someone that I've actually been looking at a little bit, right? Just mm-hmm. like okay, maybe I would just bring him in for like a little yeah. end of the year punt just for fun and, and see how it goes. What about uh, Ings against Huddersfield? He played 45 minutes this past weekend, but he's been like on a tear this season when he's healthy. I just don't know if he's. I mean, if he plays 90 minutes, he's going to be great. But if he doesn't, then and you kind of just... Yeah, so I guess when is the last time he's played 90 minutes? I, I guess um, I can look at it right now. Um, let's see. The last time he played 90 minutes was Game Week 24. Mm. Um, mm, 
you know, so he played 45 this last match. Did he get yanked because he was hurt or yanked because they were because of the performance? I'm very casual. I don't know anything about FPL. I don't. I'm I don't. just here, so I don't get fined. <laughs> that's that's a good way to. That's a good reason to be here. Yeah, you have to be here for that. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, so we're gonna we're gonna just skip it. Uh, two point. Uh, two point six sounds. Hold up, hold up. You know you're like the most hypocritical person to be making that joke. Why, Mark? Mark, oh, that's really bad. Mark, eh? That's not a good joke. Mark, oh. It's not even funny. Have you? Mark, you, oh, I don't like that you keep doing Mark, it. Yeah. It's making me really uncomfortable. Oh, oh, Mark, oh. okay, you can. Oh. All right, we're gonna move on. Uh, that was really weird that you were so close to me when it happened. Um, nope. Is Mora essential? <laughs> that's a funny question. I hate the word. Is he essential? Uh, he's been really good lately. I have two free transfers, says 2.6 sounds. Is it worth taking a hit to bring in Mora, Genie, or Origi? Or is it just chasing points? You know, at this point in the year, I think he's a fine punt. Don't you? I mean, he's gonna. He's probably going to start and play. Doesn't Everton have, like, what is it, like five clean? They have been good. Yeah, that's true. Start. They have been very good. Yeah, they have been and good defensively. he's been, like, playing for Champions League. So it's like he's tired, which is a big indicator of like success in soccer, but who else do they have? Who else do they have to even play in that position? I don't. I don't think. Yeah, they... it's not Sun. Yeah, because he can't. He's going to be out. So yeah. Mora will start and play yeah, probably the whole game. Play ninety, but is he going to be successful against a good defense? I just think there's better options. Who are the better options then? Uh, Bilva. Oh yeah, we did shot that already. And then there's probably if he has Bilva, we should probably give another option. What about Genio Origi? Other Liverpool options? Do you like either of them? Yeah, uh, I mean Firmino and Sol aren't going to play, but that's tired again but wolves it's also a toss-up because we've said wolves has been good against top six yada, yeah yeah it could be a two it could be like a two nil it could be like a two nil right yeah like yeah. these I don't, these don't these aren't don't have the makings for like a blowout or like a for sure move like right. this is the last week you got one move that's nothing about the future you want to find someone that's a great matchup and you just want to nail that to so like like a Bernardo or something like yeah, that, like someone, someone who like someone, get a brace or something. Someone who's not played a lot and is playing not a great team. Or okay, something to play for. All right, uh, we got a couple more questions here. Uh, Piort, I think. What do you guys think about Calvert Lewin in the Spurs game? I think I, my understanding is that he currently has Calvert Lewin on his team. He's trying to decide, you know, do I do I keep him? Do I bench him? Whatever. Uh, do you the, view this match as a potentially high scoring one? Um, I don't. Do you? I mean, Spurs has I think they're third in goals allowed this year. But, like, once again, they're tired, and tired teams give up a lot of goals. We've seen that in double game weeks, so it's like... Spurs couldn't be... They're not third allowed in goals this oh, year. Could man, they really get be? Get out of here. No way. You oh, don't have that right. Let me pull this up. Goals allowed. Clicking button. Spurs third. Oh, defensively, you mean goals allowed. I thought you meant, like, goals conceded. Goals you, against. Goals against. Yeah, you're, you, it's not great terminology there. Goals allowed? How many goals they've been scored against? What are you talking yeah, about? Goals allowed would be, like, how many times... They were scored on, right? Are we saying the same thing, but just in different yeah, ways? Yeah. Okay. How many goals they've been scored on? They've been third. Scored so on when you third said third, least. it made me think that they're, they like, were like the third, third most. most. Yeah, oh, that's what okay. I. That's what I thought. Gotcha. Okay, we're good. Yeah. So it's the Bears. Yeah, that's true. Um. So what? what do you, I mean, I don't have any interest in like Calvert Lewin. Do you? I, what, I mean, I wouldn't bring him in. Yeah. When if you, you have him, uh, I would I bench guess. him, wouldn't you? Yolo. Yolo, yeah. Throw him in there if you don't have a better bench option, but I I wouldn't start him. Okay. Um, FPL Classico wrote in the question. This is pretty intricate, so I I wish we could see the team, but I'll be free hitting in game week 38. I already own and plan on keeping Robo, TA, Mane, and Laporte, Sterling, and Kuhn. Wow, this is going to be hard to put together in my head. This leaves four outfield spots and the goalkeeper to be picked. Uh, Which players would you get? I like Vardy, Redmond, Tielemans, Pereira, Frazier, Wilson, Babel, Siggy, Dingy, PVA, Zaha, and Millie. Wow, this Jesus is Christ. this is really a tough question. Well, at least um, we had time to prep for this. Thanks, Marco. Sorry, uh, we were eating burgers out on the patio and, and drinking. Um, it's a nice view out here. Uh, I, I guess um, let's just do this. Let's simplify it. There's this list of players at the end, right? Yeah. Which ones do you, do we like? Well, let's just do that. First off, wait, wait, wait. Robo got hurt in the Champions League. Game. Yeah, he might not. Is he going to maybe not play? Sub him out for Van Dyke. That's an easy switch right there. Yeah, it's a good move. Okay. And like TAA Mane. I like that. Sterling Kuhn. Yeah, it's yeah, the way to go. It's a good move. Okay, so then, so four more outfield spots. Um, Of those players, Barty Redmond, Tielemans, Pereira, Frazier, Wilson, Babel, Siggy, Dinge, P, uh, PVA, Zaha, and Amili. Which, uh, are there any players, like, just maybe two that, like, stand out to you that you would go with? 
It's tough. Yeah. Uh, Babel. Babel's been hot. Yeah. Yes. He's been good. Uh, Dinger's been good with they're playing Spurs, so I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lester's playing Chelsea. Southampton rotates bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, Frazier, I guess, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess for any of these, man. Yeah, for me, it'd probably be Babel and Wilson would be the two players that I'd be looking at. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Tielemans isn't a terrible shot. He's been pretty good lately, except they're playing Chelsea. So I don't necessarily like that. I don't, I don't, I, I just tend to stay away from those types of situations. I know people always say like, oh, Vardy's good against the top six. Well, I, I just don't care. I don't, I don't pick those types of players, even if it's for a punt at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably be looking for like a player like Wilson or Babel and then, and then maybe backfill with who does, um, who does Crystal, Crystal Palace plays Bournemouth. Maybe you could, that you could know, be a shootout. Man. Yeah, it could be. I'd maybe, maybe you go with like a Zaha and Millie, like just for fun, yeah, right? Like, and, and you pray for like a, like a four, four match yeah. or something stupid. Like, but why do you have your free hit game at 38? Like, that's, that is a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. It's uh you gotta go back a couple weeks and revisit your team there. Unless you just like nailed everything and had like seven transfers banked. Maybe you forgot. Yeah. I just forgot that there was a free and hit. now it's just like time to get serious. Yeah. Money's on the line. I'm throwing the free hit down. No. No. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just kind of wrap some things up here. So who who, who do you like for captain this week? I mean, I think I'm going to go just personally. Like I can just say it. I'll look at my team right now. I'll tell you. I think I'm probably just going to go Sterling away at Brighton. Um, that's probably going to be my move. I don't know. Do you have a thought? I'm also sitting my captain Sterling right now. Okay. Good move. Saved. Got it. Yep, saved. Nailed it. Go. Okay. Um, I think at this point, like, we're all pretty much where we are. Like, the only point is to pull away from other people or try to beat the people who are already in front of. So, like, if someone's trailing you, try to captain who they captain. Or you just choose someone who could have a great game week. So, that's where you throw in, like, a... A wild card, you know. That's where you throw in like a Rondon or like a De La Faux, you know, just <laughs> just kind of wild card a little bit. Try to make up some big ground if you're like 50 points behind someone. Because at this point in the season, it's like you are where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gotta pass people close to you, and if you fall behind a little, and it's not a big deal, then it's worth taking a risk. No, yeah, I think that's good advice. Um. All right, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap the pod up. Um. Thanks for putting up everybody with kind of a, an unusual podcast. Uh, you know, the, the podcast was recorded in two different parts. We had a, a new host, all sorts of things. Just a weird week with travel and stuff. But um, follow us on Twitter at DiveFPL, Instagram, The Art of the Dive, online, DiveFPL.com. You can download our pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Overcast, Pocket Cast app, CastBox. Basically, there's a number of other places as well, right? Basically, wherever we have podcasts. And we really appreciate if uh, if you leave uh, a review on the podcast. It's very nice. And if you were retweet things on Twitter for us, that's really helpful. It helps spread the pod. Uh, it's the end of the pod. So, uh, Jim, do you want to say Jake's line or do you have like a special line you want to say? Or? Uh, no, so wait, no. Uh, do you want to say Jake's line? No. All right. Well, thanks for being on the pod. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to wrap this up. I'm Marco. This is Jim. And remember, you should dive.